Come and listen in to the radio station where the money That's right, folks. Don't touch that dog. Well, I am tired. That was Big Dippy by Schmitty and the Titties, only on 103.3 KOOT. Classic radio, bad music. We're coming up at 3.30 in the a.m. on a beautiful Valentine's Day. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a lot coming up in the program for all you lonely hearts out there. On at 4.30, we'll have Papa Humpy's erotic ventriloquism. At 4.50, we have interpretive weather. 5 o'clock, we've got the Bud Huckabee's Chuckly Yuckies comedy hour. And then at 6 o'clock, a full 12-hour block of bespoke artisanal garbage. I'm Hunter J. Allen, your on-the-clock heartthrob extraordinaire, and here's all the news worth telling. Hmm, that's no, that's that's nothing, that's that's boring, that's, well, that's not news, that, that's always happening. Ah! Just when you thought your life was full enough with one pandemic, life ratchets open your ungrateful maw and shovels another one right down your greedy gullet. That's right, the newest sensation gorilla gripping the nation is an airwave-borne illness causing explosive fits of passion and uncontrollable outbreaks of romance. The CDC is recommending the public stay indoors, away from radios, windows, and the sensual tunes of Barry White. The nation's top scientists and romanceologists are hard at work on a cure, but it may take an indeterminate amount of time because they just won't stop smooching each other. Come on, guys, get a room. The president, no, not that one, the other one, has issued a statement regarding the coming wave of this intimate emotional illness. He states, During this time of crisis, we must come together, as a nation, very close together. Everyone, all together, holding each other, just all of us. Because I love you guys so much, we gotta get close, real close, with tongue, just so very close. God, I am so close. And the address ends as the president's Secret Service tackled him, assumedly to stop the erotic barrage, but it seemed to have backfired as the Secret Service agents were overcome with the heat of the moment and began engaging in what I can only refer to on the air as heavy petting. Truly, the nation has never been stronger. Let's see, there's, uh, there's plenty of other news. Looks like a, a lot has happened in the last few hours, but it... Honestly, all looks like a bummer, <laughs> and uh, doesn't really fit with uh, living my La Vida Loca, you know what I mean? So we're going to skip the bad and move straight to the rad. But again, thank you for joining us today. We know there are a lot of choices for Valentine's Day activities, and listening to this one probably means you don't have those choices. So wherever you may be, in your car, at work, at home, sitting across from a cardboard cutout of me on a romantic dinner, in the rafters of the studio where I record, watching me with those heavy, piercing eyes. Shauna, I know you're there. I can just feel it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our featured program, Hunter J. Allen's Valentine's Day Extravaganza Part 3. Through the airwaves it came. But first, an uninterrupted half hour of 21 Pilots. Because somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence. Thanks, Chip. It's warmer than a baby's mouth out here. Piss drum, the drone that can piss. That's right, classical music fans, you heard correctly. The first person to call in and answer the riddle of the day will win two free tickets to see Igor Stravinsky's Firebird Suite 
performed by a French bulldog named Pancake. I'm Dan Dan the Man Van Daniels, and you are caller number one. Really? Wow, okay. Uh, long-time caller, first-time listener. Uh, I'm ready to answer the riddle. Okay, caller, you have one chance to answer the riddle correctly. You get no hints, no second chances, no quarter, no cuts, no butts, no coconuts. Oh, uh, okay. Man, I really want to see that dog play. It is a sight to behold, so let's hope that noodle of yours is al dente. Now, here's the riddle. What are you wearing? Um, what? Come on, don't be shy. What are you wearing? Uh, I don't, uh... I, I thought this was going to be like a like a brain teaser. Oh, you're a tease, all right. I bet it's a tight pair of jorts. You sound like a jorts guy. What, what does that even mean? How How did you know? Listen, you didn't get to be in this business for very long without knowing a pair of jorts when you hear it. So come on. How many pockets are on that bad boy? Look, I, I just want to hear the dog play the xylophone. I, I didn't sign up for this. Well, we all want something, don't we, James? Well, I, I, I never told you my... What is this? Come on, James. I want to help you out, but first you got to help me out. Do a little song and dance, and those tickets are yours. <laughs> Come on. Quit being such a prude and give it to me. Come on, you little trump. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. For your listening pleasure, Pancake the Orchestral Hound. <laughs> Do you know where your bones are? You might be entitled to financial compensation. You heard it right here, folks. Jump Bumper has just destroyed the ball. The ball has been annihilated beyond repair. Nothing left but a sprinkling of ball-colored confetti now fluttering over an uproarious crowd, feverish with the spirit of sport. We are looking now to the referee. He seems to be at a loss, as all of us are. Let's see what he says. Uh, we, uh, we, we can't, we can't find another ball. Um, home team wins, I guess. And that's the ball game. The big final series playoff bowl is over. The Beecham Ball Boys 21, the Pittsburgh Visitors 19. The Ball Boys are going to nationals for the first time in 70 years. Truly, this is a proud day for its Beecham Ball Boys boys who were beginning to doubt the prophecies. I've been color commentator Cuck Schmucksdale. Let's go down to the field with sports correspondent Harry Dingdong. Harry, how's the ball boys celebrating? Thanks, Cuck. The team is absolutely electrified by the technical victory. Fans are climbing over the stadium fences. Synchronized celebratory dances are being performed. An absolutely absurd amount of Gatorade coolers are being upturned onto players and coaches alike. It is truly a bedlam of ball games down here. I have with me star ball man of the Beecham Ball Boys, Kunk P. Frunkel. Kunk, can you tell us how you are feeling out there on the field? Yeah, well, the visitors fought a good game, but we fought a better game, and I think in the end, that's what got us the gold. Do you think that the other team destroying the only ball, with your team having a two-point lead, had anything to do with the victory? You know, Harry, when you're out on that field, it's just you and your brothers and the enemy, and you must do whatever it takes to put the enemy down no matter how tight their pants are or how their muscles look as though they were made by some higher power for the sole purpose of holding you on long winter nights. So I really can't say for certain, but you know what we always say, there are many ball men, but only Beecham has ball boys. Hoorah! Uh, y yeah, you, um, you said it, Kunk. And uh, you heard it here, folks, a brotherly bond that conquers all comers. 
I will now attempt to interview one of the Pittsburgh visitors. Ah, Todd, Todd, over here, Todd. Todd Gonzalez, second sprint fellow of the Pittsburgh visitors. Todd, how are you feeling after the technical loss at the hands of one of your own players? Yeah, I think we did pretty good considering I don't know what sport we're playing and I don't think you do either. But I digress. I think- Sorry to interrupt, but I just have to say, I heard what Kunk said about the game and I have a few words. Oh my, it's John Bumper, lead catchmaster of the visitors and here known ball destroyer of the big game. John, while I have you, why did you destroy the ball? Passion, Harry. Pure passion. But that's not important. I think Kunk talks a big game about his brotherly bond, but it's all hogwash. How is any man of any team supposed to focus on the great game when the Beecham Ball Boys are employing such devious tactics that call into question the very concept of sportsmanship? I'm not quite sure what you mean, Jum. Kunk knows, and I'm sure of it. Wearing those tight uniforms, dripping with picturesque beads of sweat like a Pepsi commercial tackling me and my players and whispering sweet nothings in our ears while doing so. Frankly, it's a dastardly stunt that my body couldn't handle any longer on the field. I came here to play a game, not have my heart played with instead. Um, excuse me? I came here for the joy of the sport, the thrill of other men chasing me and pinning me down. The implications of gathering these highly specialized specimens all together just to run into each other and I could never have prepared for the complex feelings these players stirred within me. It is a mockery of why we gather here, and I refuse to participate in the charade any longer, which is why I destroyed the ball. Uh, that's, um... Sorry to interrupt the interview, Harry, but I must return to defend me and my team's honor. This slanderous hearsay is nothing more than the ravings of a crazed, lonely, deeply handsome individual. I know that me and my teammates would never stoop to such sensual trickery, no matter how deep down we wanted to. The Beach and Ball Boys are men of commitment, committed to our wives that we definitely love, our established heteronormative lifestyle that we definitely appreciate, and the beautiful sport we play that we definitely don't simply perpetuate just to enjoy those brief moments of bliss when the facade of struggle between two men breaks away for just a second and gives way to an unspoken intimacy on the field. This commitment is what makes Beach and Boys strong, not any cheap trick that Mr. Bumper may have seen reflecting out of his own character. If what Jump said had been true, I assure you that the Beach and Ball Boys would have only enacted these stunts to stoke the fires of passion that we, I mean they, crave so much but are afraid to initiate. This would be the case if these allegations were true, but thank the great sport in the sky that they are not. We are very happy and do not long to be held in arms as strong as our own. Gentlemen, I feel as though we've lost the plot a little. I'd like to bring it back to- Kunk, I feel as though I understand you on a level that I don't even necessarily understand myself. I feel the weight of your fears and the pressure of the gilded cage you seem to have built around yourself. In times of great pressure, I turn to the seminal works of Louisa May Alcott. Specifically, in Little Women, she states that love casts out fear and gratitude can conquer pride. I implore you, Kunk P. Frunkel, to let fears be cast aside and see how much of our pride can we allow to be conquered. Dare we to be these little women? I think so. Okay, let's wrap this up. I've been sports correspondent Harry Ding Dong, and this is... Do we dare let these loving hands make beautiful work of these humble tasks? Shall I chase love as Amy March, or languish and perish as Beth March? What little woman will I become? Should I set my heart free of its binds? Okay, boys, please, what in God's name are you... I feel that these questions must be answered as they were asked. On the field. If you care to join me, Miss March... Oh, dear God. 
Kunk P. Frunkel of the Beecham Ball Boys and Jum Bumper of the Pittsburgh Visitors have both rushed back onto the field and have begun to engage in what to the untrained eye could be interpreted as a particularly rowdy display of physical sportsmanship through grappling that evokes the original Greek Olympics, but through the world-weary spectacles of a sports correspondent 30 years seasoned, this display is for the enjoyment of no one but the two engaging in this all-but-brotherly skinship. Kunk has Jum in a half-Nelson, but Jum won't be dominated so easily. Being the poet that he is, he turns the tables and places Kunk into a full-Nelson. But it seems that the fire of competition has been stoked as Kunk pulls off, and I can't believe this, the fabled double-Nelson! Jum reaches for Kunk's jockstrap, and judging by the wry smile, Kunk doesn't seem opposed to the idea, but it'll be a cold day in hell when Kunk P. Frunkel goes down without swinging. The two are toppling and turning over each other like foxes in heat, and the heat has indeed been turned up. The other players for the visitors and the ball boys have caught on to the affair, and my stars, they are storming the field to join in on the action. Pads and protective cups are flying hither and yon. A trampling sound akin to a parade of bulls is echoing throughout the stadium. It seems the sidelines have no room for bench warmers, as even the coaches are sprinting towards the center of the writhing, wrestling mass of meat. Where one player begins and the other ends is incalculable. Where one team meets the other is unimportant. And the smell, folks, the smell is incredible. Oh my, not even the fans are immune to the siren's stitch as they come gallivanting down the stands. Oh, oh, oh my. The crowd is formidable, God, and numerous. Uh, I, oh God, I, I think I'm being dragged away with the flood of flesh. I've been sports correspondent Harry Ding Dong and I regret nothing. Doctor, I'm not just a detective. I'm Bigfoot. Scallops, the shrimp's sexy cousin. But what are they hiding? Do you hear that sound? Yeah, sounds like a lot of hard rock. You just sit back and enjoy the magic of rock. Oh no, watch out for falling rocks. Look out! All other music can get out of the way. You're in a falling rock zone. Only on 102.5. The Rock. <laughs> Only hard rock. Doctor! Doctor! Only all the time. As hard as it gets. It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. For as long as we can play it. And rock all day and all of the night. Rock so hard you'll beg for more. <laughs> rock and roll rocks! Rock and roll rocks! And we'll give it to you, because we know what you like. I wanna rock! <laughs> Just 
Hard Rock. Rock, rock, rock. Just for hard guys. Guys night. Guys night. Guys who know what's what. I guess I really don't know how to fly. Hard guys in hard trucks. With big, big, hard, hard, rockin' and rollin' truck nuts. Yup, this one's for the guys. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. And the ladies, too. Guys, this is Miranda. She's one of the boys. <laughs> Everyone is welcome at 102.5. <laughs> the Rock. <laughs> Just kidding, ladies. Take a hike. <laughs> Don't worry. If you need us, we'll be right here. Doing nothing but rocking, rocking and rolling hard all night long. This ain't your mama's radio station. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. All the boys are coming over for a party. A rock party. There's gonna be drinking, arm wrestling. Glass will break. Even Tony's gonna be there. Tony, Tony, you remember Tony from high school. He just got out of the clink. And he's ready to party. Party, 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 I wanna have a party. Hard. You know where you are. You're in the jungle, baby. So ladies, if the parties are rocking. Don't come a knocking. No girls allowed. Cause there's nothing here for you. That's right. No girls allowed. Nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing. That's what she said when she left. There's nothing for me here. That's the last thing she ever said to me. There's not enough room in your life for both me and Hard Rock. She gave me an ultimatum. It was either give up the rockin' hard tunes I devoted my life to promoting in a problematically hyper-masculine radio advert, or say goodbye to her. I think I chose wrong. I am haunted by the choices I've made. What good is the hard sound of rock, rock, rock without someone to share it with? Rock can't hold you. Rock can't reassure you on long nights. And no matter how much you want it to, rock will not fill that hole in your heart. Black hole sun, won't you come? If I could do it over again, I'd ditch the rock, rock, rock. So she wouldn't walk. Walk, walk. The world was far more rocking with her in it. They say it is better to have loved and lost than never to have been loved at all. But did whoever write that understand the lengths of infinity that await the loss? The brief moments of bliss blink away into nothing when followed by an unending numbness. If regret exists only to remind us of what we don't have, 
then God truly rests indifferent in a cruel kingdom above. How I wish you were here. I can't do this anymore. I can't rock without her. Rocking has never been this hard. Who's there? I'm in the middle of rocking. Eddie, it's me. I heard everything. Babe, is that really you? What are you doing here? You have that lucrative TikTok job. I was listening to the radio and something just came over me. I heard your ad and I knew I had to give you one more shot. I miss you. Babe, really? I'm at every rockin' word. I want to try again. This time, I can make room for you in my life. Twice the rock. Double the emotional fulfillment. Oh, Eddie, make room in that booth because I am coming in. Absolutely rockin'. Rockin', rockin'. Ah, stop. That's perfect. You're perfect. Stay right there. Coming up next, that alien ant farm cover of Smooth Criminal for some reason. Only on 102.5. The Rock. My next guest has a persona, and it is the Twin Towers. Welcome. We still have to ask the questions. Like, was Bigfoot on the Ark? A simple question, one might think. But if we look to Genesis, we shall see all that Bigfoot was on the Ark. listening to Rock Hard Romance with Rocky Cockles on NPR. Brought to you by Henry Dick Cigarettes. Henry Dick Cigarettes. Fill yourself up with that signature dick flavor. Hey, you folks, how's it hanging? Rocky Cockles here, retired child active stuntman and not allowed within a hundred feet of any women's shelter because I drive the babes absolutely wild. Don't believe me? Ask my 11 ex-wives and three ex-husbands. Well, ask the five that are still alive. And while you're at it, Ask them how they all survived their respective falls down a flight of stairs. Due to the binding nature of multiple lawsuits, I legally have to say falls in air quotes. But enough about me. I bet you you're thinking, oh, gee, I could never be a real Casanova like Rocky Cockles. And you'd be right. I mean, look at you. Yuck. But with a little practice and guidance from New Jersey's most negligible bachelor, you'll be beating babes away with a stick, just like me when tax season comes around. I'm going to learn you some romance if it kills me, and due to the state-mandated nature of this program, it very well might if I fail. I've been told this is my last chance at parole, but I've got some experience in wearing people down. So let's start with some rock-hard romantic basics. First step in bagging a babe is finding a babe. Now, if you're of the rural persuasion, you might just have to settle for a mound of dirt with some holes carved out for smooching. A dirt dame, as I like to call it. But if you're looking for real babes, I mean some top shelf, doesn't smell like a dirt full of holes babes, the big city is what you want. Big cities are lousy with babes, just crawling with them. Babes oozing out of every crevice and cranny, like imitation cheese sauce from my date night ballpark sandwich special. Oh yeah. 
if you throw a rock in any direction in the big city, nine times out of ten, you'll get a restraining order from a hot babe. So get out there and shake those trees, baby. Once in the big city, you gotta go where the babes like to be acquired. I'm talking smelly street corners, park benches, while they're checking out at a Target. Generally, if a babe is minding their own business and looks to be enjoying their day without you, that is the perfect time to go all out and just get right in there. There are many techniques to acquiring a babe. One surefire way is to woo your intended victim, I mean romance partner. Face your target, head on, and with all your might, begin wooing. Like so. Woo! 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 Oh yeah, baby! Woo! 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 That's gonna get you exactly what you're after, and that's a Rocky Cockles guarantee. But like many other Rocky Cockles guarantees, it may not work. If this does not have the desired effect, reach into your back pocket and pull out Plan B. A real advanced romantic gesture. Not for the faint of heart. You're gonna sweep her off her feet. People are afraid of what they don't understand, and there is nothing more feared and less understood than a failed wooing. To account for this, you must disable the target's means of escape. The gams, the getaway sticks, those legs. Once you have swept them off their feet and caught them in your grubby little mitts, you have achieved one of the six primal romantic stances. This stance will imbue you with romantic power from beyond the spheres, and our research shows that music will begin to play and your target will connect their most sensual organ, their lips, to your most sensual organ, your lips. Creating a sort of lip Ouroboros, a snake frenching itself, as you two will become one. Pretty odd stuff, huh? <laughs> now, if you, like Rocky Cockles, are more of a gentle and sensitive type, do not fret. Here is where we separate from the apes, what makes us true Casanovas, the very thing that has been driving babes wild from the times of Shakespeare to Sir Mix-a-Lot. Poetry. Ah, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. I know what you're going to say. But Rocky Cockles, I can't wax poetic like you. I'm a loser. I got no babes. I'm five foot one inch tall. My hair's been thinning for years. I have no teeth. I'm all gums. Well, zip it. Any schmuck can write a poem. Look at this one. For sale. Baby shoes. Never worn. Just a couple of words about some thrift store shoes and everyone goes wild for them. If a hack like Hemingway can drive babes wild with an ad for baby clothes, you can too. Now, you don't need to be no poetry Picasso or nothing. Just write about something that you care about. Be honest. Talk about something close to your heart that you can really expose your passion for. Take one of my poems, for example, about big old boobs. Mikey, the lights and some bongos, if you would. Raving, craving, staving off the slaving of my sanity. Humanity. I worship, but not Christianity. I ain't no sheeple. Titties are my steeple. My mind makes mountains from molehills. Hills of plenty. Hills of many centimeters of these teeters. But teats are fleeting, singing in my sheets. The hills have eyes. Keep your legs and thighs. I'm a breast guy. Do or die. These memories of memories, full jamborees of double Ds. 
Bring them to me, boobies, chee-chees, those chubby chest cheeks. The givers of life, causers of strife. I bet Helen of Troy was a pretty dope wife. A thousand ships for a face and hips. More likely, Paris squeezed her pleasers nightly. Big gazongas fill my Honda with these biddies in their two-bit titties. Needing pleasing pillowy knockers. Holdable honkers. Meet the fuckers. The mom in that movie had some nice badonkers. That there's the crux, those deluxe. Their milky, silky ilk that kills me, fills me with this illness. The boob stupor for two troopers that look super duper on those cougars. All killer, shirt filler. Y'all remember Ben Stiller, his mom, in Meet the Fockers? I can't knock her, what nice knockers. The world is a titty, blue and round sound. This fat mound holds boobs abound. Every city, pretty titties fit to burst their perking shirts. What a dream. No thugs, just jugs. All for me, as far as I can see. Just to be amongst the free paradise. Spelled B. O-O-B. Sorry, I, um, <laughs> I always get emotional with that one. It, it, it really comes from a deep place, you know? Babes are gonna love that. Next, I think we should do some field work with... Rocky, have you seen the news? Everyone's going wild with Valentine's fever. People are becoming intimate in the streets. Marriages are happening on sight. The cracks and crevices are indeed oozing with babes. We have to get you back to your cell. Not a chance, chump. <laughs> no, Rocky. Somebody stop that criminal. He's an absolute babe magnet. Yup, and I'm not apologizing for it. I do it again. I am doing it again. I can't stop doing it again. Somebody help. You're listening to 103.3 KOOT, classic radio, bad music. The sun is beginning to crest over the broken and panicked horizon, which means our time together is almost over in more ways than one. For those just now joining us, the White House, no, not that one, the other one, issued a state of emergency about an hour ago and then retracted it five minutes later in its place issuing a state of arousal. Real sources of news are scattered and sporadic as most major metropolitan areas are succumbing wholesale to this amorous infection currently being referred to under many titles, such as The Love Bug, Bad Touch, The Cuddles, Honeymoon Hysteria, Herpes 2, Romantic Boogaloo, and Ugly Bumpitis. The origin is still unknown, and a cure has long been abandoned. The research lying now amongst the post-coitus mess the lab technicians and scientists made upon succumbing to the virus themselves. At the current rate of infection, it is likely that I am one of the few remaining uninfected people left on the planet, and that this broadcast is going out to no one. All very well may be lost. But as the world turns, so do the tables. All war has ceased, and shows no sign of continuing, given that every soldier needs their shooting hands free to get to second base. Loneliness has no meaning. Everyone who feels even a little lonely can just walk out into the street and join a conga-line-style massage train, stretching across hundreds and hundreds of miles, like a long hug around the world. No more acts of terror, no one is mean to me online anymore, that's a big plus. And perhaps unrelated, but everyone's credit score is like wicked high right now. Is this really a sickness? 
Or had we long ago built a sickness all around us? Machines that choked the air, poisoned our water, screamed at our loved ones. All the progress we had made to separate us is undone. Is this not what the monks and priests heralded? Is this not utopia? But, but that's crazy, right? This is an illness, a virus. They're sick out there. But they're happy. And I, alone and here, am not. Alone on Valentine's Day. Can we live with the upside of living inside out? Is this La Vida truly too loca? I'm being pushed and pulled down in all directions. This wears me out, this living La Vida loca. I can hear them at the door now. <coughs> it seems a decision has already been made for me. What awaits me on the other side, I can certainly imagine, but... But in case there is someone listening still, and this is goodbye... I've been Hunter J. Allen, and you've been listening to 103.3 KOOT, classic radio, and truly just the worst bad music. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. It's two entire football teams, a hard rock radio station, a French bulldog named Pancake, and is that retired child actor stuntman Rocky Cockles? Dear God, no! No! Thank you so much for listening to my little extravaganza. This holiday has come to mean a lot to me from the feedback I get about this show and the amount of fun that I have doing it. So truly, from me to you, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for spending this time with me, and happy Valentine's Day. We had even more hands on deck than last year. This time, I was lucky enough to borrow the talents of some of my closest friends for the interstitials. This year's program included the voice talents of, in order of appearance, Kaylee Huser, Bobby McCarthy, David S. Dubinsky, Melina Margo, Christopher Barr, Alec Erringer, TJ Tanner, and Julian Daly. This show could not have been as dynamic and fantastic without them, and I'm truly grateful to know all of them. Otherwise, the Valentine's Day extravaganza was written, edited, and performed by me, Hunter J. Allen. And it was written, edited, and performed for all of my buds. All music is either provided by Kevin McLeod or is used here under the Fair Use Law. All sound effects courtesy of freesound.org. See you next year.